Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Duke's show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, streaming live across the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the world on this, or across the state of Alaska, I guess, on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Hi, how are ya? How are things going? How are, how are, how are you doing? Are you uh, are you all rest and rejuvenated from the weekend? Did you get any time off at all? Did you did you take any time to? I mean, yeah. And then did uh, did daylight savings time catch you? As I mean, you know, I knew about it on Thursday. I knew about it on Friday, but it wasn't until mid morning on Sunday that I'm like, oh man, I'm beat. What the he- what the heck is good? Oh, why is the clock on the microwave wrong? Oh, I remember now. He sprung forward. It was, I mean, because I drug myself out of bed on Sunday morning. It was like, I'm tired, but I feel like I need to get up because the clock says I should get up. And uh, and here we are, getting getting ready to do it and uh, and into it. Oh, man, a daylight savings time stuff. It is not, it's not fun. But here we are, bright and early. It was five oh eight a.m. I mean, really, it's five oh, but it's six oh eight. So I mean, don't don't get confused here. Uh, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us, the Michael Duke Show. We are uh, we're going a little bit old school today. I uh, don't have any guests lined up for the program, and so we're going to let you uh, steer the bus, as it were, and uh, help us with uh, and help us with uh, topics and discussions and everything else. It is uh, open line, open forum today, which is uh, which is uh, unusual. Um, normally, we save that for later in the week for an hour, but today we're just you know, I didn't have anything lined up on Friday, and I thought about it over the weekend, and I thought you know why not just let's just go to the phones and see what you guys want to talk about because there's plenty of things that we can discuss, uh, plenty of things that are happening out there in the world that I'm sure that you guys would. Um, uh, you guys would love to, uh, uh, you know, sound off about and uh, and and you know pontificate on. I guess I should say, as we go through. So we're going to open up the phone lines here in just a few minutes and uh, get your calls and your thoughts and talk to you about the things that uh, are worth talking about. Uh, we're also going to, uh, well, we got some stuff lined up later in the week. Obviously, tomorrow is going to be Brad Keithley and Chris Story. Uh, there are weekly guests on Tuesday. Tuesday's usually pretty much all taken care of. Mike Shower uh, will probably be with us on Thursday this week instead of Wednesday. Um, and we're working on a couple other guests uh, for more discussion on ranked choice voting and what's going on in the legislature as well. So it's kind of the direction that we're going to take today um, and for the remainder of this week. 
We're also going to talk about the uh, new bills that are going on in the legislature, including uh, this new bill uh, that was initially put forward by Matt Clayman to soften up the marriage, uh, uh, you know, the legalities of marriage, to reduce the number of witnesses uh, down to um, uh, down to one, I guess, from two. But it got a surprise amendment from Representative Sarah Rasmussen along the way that would also outlaw marriages um, for folks under the age of 16 here in the state of Alaska, which I wouldn't have thought is, would be apparently as big a deal as it is. Um, apparently, it actually affects a significant number of the marriages that happen here in the state of Alaska. We can talk about that. We could talk about the state's gas tax. Uh, we could talk about uh, what's going on with COVID and where COVID is going and you know what's happening this last year and where we go from here. And then um, also, oh, we're going to talk about schools, too, which I I got some things to say that I'm sure will not be popular, and uh, I'm okay with that. I am totally okay with what I'm going to say today on education because I think it's, uh, well, first of all, the reporting on it has just not been great. I just... I mean, it's just not been, it's not been, it's not been groovy. It's not been, uh, uh, well, it, anyway, there's uh, all kinds of things that are going on, things that we can talk about and more. So uh, I've got, I've got the list of headlines, which we will dive into here in just a few moments. I guess we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines, uh, the Pivotel call-in lines powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. At 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, if you want to uh, be part of it. And no, we're not going to talk about fluoride in the water. Brian's asking, are we going to talk about the gay frogs and the, you know, fluoride in the water, turning the frogs gay? I don't know. I don't think we're going to go quite that far today. Uh, that's a That's an Alex Jones reference for those of you who don't get that in the morning. It's fun. It's uh, it's fun stuff. Um, anyway, we're going to uh, dive into some of this, and we will um, we'll, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, but I guess we'll go to the phones first things first, since you guys are already calling up and want to share your thoughts on what the topic should be today. Um, I'm not I haven't reported, by the way, yet on the things that are going uh, down in the uh, Ukraine. Um, although there's um, there are some interesting things. There are some interesting things going uh, going on uh, in that as well, and we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to. Uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about that as we go forward and do this as well. All right. Um, so let's go to the phones. I guess is what I was trying to say to begin with. We'll go over to the phones and see what you guys want to say to begin with, and get the ball rolling this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, it's Murph calling from the Denali area. Well, good morning, Murph. What's happening up there in God's country? Uh, just pretty awful weather for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we either have wind, snow, or cold. Really cold. <laughs> right. It's one or the other or a combination of all three, right? Yep, Exactly. So what's what's your thoughts today, Murph? What do you want to talk about? Well, um, 
I wanted to talk about the daylight savings time. They did a study and found out that uh, when we do the spring forward thing, uh-huh. that uh, the heart attacks increase increase by twenty five percent. And I'm I'm one of those people. I woke up Sunday morning and I thought it was four o'clock, and I turned the radio on and it and turned it to the weather station and it said it was five o two, and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to spring forward but <laughs> what i would like to see happen is i would like to see them go half hour either way instead of having this constant flip-flopping i would like them to like instead of it being a little after six right now i would like to see it be a little after five thirty, and just stay with one thing because they have proven that uh there is a 25 percent increase in heart attacks when you spring forward and there's a slight increase on the fall back, but it's not as bad. Uh, and I would just, you know, let's let's just stop with this switching the clocks all the time and just set on one time frame. And well, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. And I want to listen to your thing on education, what you have to say about that, because I remember at one point they were talking about taking the permanent fund and applying that for education. And yep. that just uh, does not sit well with me because that was the excuse that they used for the Denali borough being informed was we want to get the money for education and stuff. And the first thing that happened was I lost my education for my kids in the Denali borough and had to fight for eight years and finally uh, have a seven-page letter saying they violated four Alaska statutes and one federal law with my youngest son on the education Okay. So be wary when they start saying, oh, we need this for education. So okay. I will now listen to what else everybody's got to say. <laughs> thanks. All right. Thanks, Murph. I appreciate it. I mean, I will say that, you know, look, I'm a, I'm in favor. I mean, I understood we were actually having this conversation this weekend. Uh, my wife and I and my kids, you know, that, that maybe it's time to just do away with uh, – Maybe it's time to just doing away with uh, daylight savings time in the state of Alaska. Now, I lived in Hawaii shortly when I was uh, when I was younger, and you know Hawaii they did away with daylight savings time, and so sometimes they're an hour uh, behind Alaska, sometimes they're two hours behind Alaska. At least when I lived there, I'm I'm assuming that they still have the same situation. So it was always kind of a thing, but you know it, it never. I don't know if putting it on the half hour would make it any easier or not, but it it. Uh, it definitely, uh, it definitely makes some changes in our mentality and how we do it. And it does, I mean, it messes up my sleep schedule, especially the spring forward. The fall back, not so much because I can get an extra hours of sleep. But you start cutting an hour out, and it does. And I, So I don't know, and I'd love to see where this study is that it's a 25% increase in heart attacks, uh, Murph. If you want to mail that to me, I'd love to see, uh, love to see that. Uh, because I mean, I could, I could believe that it definitely induces more stress, more heart attacks happen on Monday anyway, uh, statistically than any other day of the week to begin with. Um, and I could definitely see how raising that, uh, raising that, that timeframe and making it that much quicker could stress somebody out. But I, I think it's something that served its purpose. It made sense when we were using oil and tallow candles and everything else and, you know, they got up when the sun rose and they went to bed when the sun set. I can understand that. But at this point, I'm thinking that uh, I'm thinking that uh, daylight savings time probably uh, not going to be a big. And there's been several bills to uh, stop it in the legislature in the past, and they've just never really gone anywhere. Um, 
And yeah, I saw that Mayor Matherly in Fairbanks, who's running for Senate, is proposing ending daylight savings time as well. Um, but, you know, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see a discussion on that. But maybe we should get rid of all the other bills that are out there first. How about that? Let's go over here to the phones and start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Morning, Jeff. I've been saying since I was in high school, and I agree with Murph, uh, you know, it's like signing a check. There's one end to sign a check. I always said sign them in the damn middle, and nobody can make a mistake. Nobody cares. And it's about like daylight savings time. Let's just put it back a half an hour or ahead of half an hour. Split it in the middle, and then the time, you, you won't notice it. And she's correct. She's correct. I, I think that's the way to do with it. Stop messing around with that. But I've been uh, watching the oil thing because um, I think I talked to you about this before. The taxes on oil, you know, they, they they like to say the government, especially Biden, one of the other big reasons he did what he did to, to cause oil to go up is once the barrel of oil gets up, the government doesn't tell you that they charge when it was down low at $50 a barrel or whatever it was, they were getting $2 a barrel. And it's gone up, what, three times that now? It's almost. So they're going to wind up getting $8 a barrel, millions of barrels coming in. That's why he didn't want to shut the Russians off because he'd lose all of that income from them. Uh, you know, and that's how he's going to pay for his new green deal probably. Well, that's why he's trying to say it's paid for, it's paid for. And as long as you keep oil up, you can pay for a lot of things and uh, whatnot. So that's kind of a hidden thing. They like to say, well, we didn't touch anything at the pump. Our tax didn't go up there. Yes, it did. It's hidden in the barrel. Well, <clears throat> they've been doing that for years, and, and it's a fact. Yeah, you know, any any price in, <clears throat> any price increase is going to affect you at the pump, whether it's in the tax or not. Um, it's it's that's just going to happen. Uh, the price right. is going to be baked into it. But the 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 taxes they're paying more on on per barrel, same oil. They're getting two dollars now. They're getting about eight. So there's a big increase in their tax. They're lying to you, you know, and that's what they fund a lot of their things with and whatnot. And, you know, and people don't understand where they get all their money. Well, there's one of them, and they kind of don't even talk about it. Don't want you to know about it. But if you look it up in right places, probably can't get it off in Google anymore. Who knows? They protect everybody in, in that realm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's like uh, unbelievable what's going on in this world right now uh, as far as our government. and. Uh, you know, I talked to a buddy of mine the other day, and I'll tell you a little joke here. I He said, what do you think of the uh, the people that are running the country? He didn't say Democrats. He didn't say Republicans. And I said, well, you took the whole lot of them, pulled all their brains out, and turned it into gasoline, put it into a mini bike. You couldn't drive it around the inside of a Fruit Loop, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, there's not a lot of brain power out there. And, you know, the other thing that I was watching, I think it was either Charlie Kirk I heard on the radio, and I'm pretty sure he's right because I've kind of forgotten about this. When Biden was vice president for Obama, Obama picked him because he knew he wasn't very well liked and he would never get impeached because <laughs> the, <laughs> the vice president would never want to be the president. So he told, I, I remember this, he told Biden that in the end. So what Biden do? He picked, he picked Kamala. Kamala. He picked Kamala. And what are you hearing? 
You can't impeach him. I hope he yeah. lives, and I hope he lives. Everybody yeah. hopes he lives now after her. You know, nobody wants her in there. So what you do is you pick the dumbest person in the world to be a vice president, and nobody will impeach you. Yeah. Not even the, not even the Republicans. You see what I mean? Yeah, so, that's, that's saying something when it's Joe I Biden. I think that's pretty true. Well, it's an interesting th- it's an interesting thought, Jeff. I mean, I I agree. I think that uh uh you know, no I think I definitely look at this and go while Biden's bad, Kamala would be worse. Uh and I definitely agree that uh uh that that is uh, that is that is the case. As far as the oil taxes and goes on with a dollar, you know, how many dollars per barrel and everything. I don't think we get anything off imported oil, but I know the domestic oil the federal government will take a slice somewhere along the lines uh, but I think the bottom line is here is what we really need to be focusing on is American oil or energy independence. And uh, because we're not doing that, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's affecting us for sure. And it's going to continue to infect us. And this is not something you could turn around on a dime. It's got to take some time to do it. We should be focusing on American energy independence. All right. Um, we got to go. We're going to continue. Thank you, Jeff, for your call. Phone lines are open at 433-3150. It is open line, open forum today. If you want to get in the queue, now's the time to do it during the commercial break. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay. Oh. Thank you for the link, Brian. Brian dropped me a link uh, about the uh, daylight savings times and the heart attacks. Man. Many of us don't know that daylight savings time doesn't only make you feel miserable, it also makes your body miserable. And the most dramatic example of this is the increased incident of heart attacks in the first couple of days after the spring daylight savings time change. They, they uh, Let's see, they conducted a study over a period of 20 years, which confirms a serious health risk happening worldwide every single year as you get ready for the spring uh, for the spring daylight savings time. And it definitely increases significantly over the, uh, over the previous year. <laughs> oh man, that's it. I'm going back to bed. I am going back to bed. Now uh, it also talks about Mondays is one of the One study looked at this problem and found that working non-hospitalized people were, in fact, more likely to suffer from a heart attack on Monday. Man, I knew there was a reason to avoid Mondays. I knew there was a reason to avoid Mondays. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much. Um, Let's see. What else is going on? Uh, Daylight savings didn't work, so they added COVID. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you see that uh, Mike uh did you see that Mike uh Dunleavy was on Fox News this weekend calling out the governor's green agenda? Um let's see. SB 140 testimonials were brutal on Saturday. 
It very well could be both genders will compete together. That was the 140 is the bill that uh, Shelley Hughes was talking about that is the equal competition bill or something where it prevents biological males from competing against biological females. Oh, I got to drop the link here in the chat. Somebody on YouTube wants the uh, somebody on YouTube wants the uh, chat or wants the link for the uh, studies on daylight savings time. Okay, I just dropped that there in the chat room. I love it when we spring forward, said Terry. We get more light at the end of the day. Yeah, totally messes me up, though. I'm wandering around the house last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's only 530. It was 720. I mean, I was just like, I was so messed up by the end. And yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, a study done on Indiana's time change in 2004 showed that daylight savings time also increased energy use to, <laughs> usage instead of decrease. That was the original. Ben Franklin was the one that originally suggested daylight savings time. And uh, it was a way to help decrease the usage of, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, candles and lantern oil and everything else. Um, and, uh, and look at where we are today. Uh, who cares about d- daylight savings time? Are you in a parallel universe? I mean, I'm just talking about what people want to talk about, David. Um, Randy says it screwed him up. He missed Maria Bartiromo and she didn't realize what to da- That's, that's it. Um, DST is almost as important as saving eight cents per gallon of gas. I know. I love how they're talking about that. Now, we're going to cut that. We're going to cut the gas tax out. It's going to save you forty bucks a year. That's important. How much time are they going to burn up on that? Forty bucks a year. I mean, while I appreciate any amount of savings, and if you save a little here, a little there, you're talking about real money. But seriously, eight cents a gallon is going to save me from the. Maybe if the city of Anchorage, I posted it the other day, I got gas the other day, $5.59 a gallon. No, 49 cents a gallon. Don't want to overstate it. $5.49 a gallon for gas. I mean, oof. Oof. Um, Let's see. What else is going on? Main Street coverage of Ukraine is the same as mobile WMD labs and taking babies out of incubators per Iraq, yet the sheep... Buy it hook, line, and sinker. Um, I don't know what you mean by that, Rosie, if you want to expand on that. Tyler says, all I know is I'm sick of being proven right now. Right, right now. Almost everything happening today in the U.S. has basically been predicted by most logical Americans. We've talked a lot about that for sure. There's a lot of different things. Um, They're burning time to avoid the PFD issue. Yeah, that's pretty much it right there. Jerrica All right, we're back. The Michael Duke Show. Talking about gas prices across the country. Uh, Jerrica is out in uh, North Florida. She says four nineteen a gallon. That's cheap. Get it while you can. I'm paying five. I'm paying five dollars a gallon 
Every time I go in when I'm in Anchorage and I fill up down there, it seems like I'm always filling up in Anchorage. I should be filling up in Wasilla. Since gas is 10 cents a gallon cheaper, they got that 10 cents a gallon tax in Anchorage that they're using to fund all their stuff out there. Guess I should be getting gas in, uh, should be getting gas in Wasilla, shouldn't I? Probably makes, probably makes more sense. Um, all right. Uh, and we were talking about <clears throat> how they're all getting into all these different bills. I mean, we were just talking about the uh, marriage bill. We're talking about there's a bill out there where potentially they're going to dump the eight cents a gallon, uh, the eight cents a gallon fuel tax. Governor Dunleavy and state senators said Friday that they support legislation to suspend the state's tax on motor fuels for one year. Which, I mean, okay, great. I'm a fan. I'm a biggest fan, uh, you know, as anybody else of reducing taxes. I think that uh, I think that probably makes sense. But based on the average number of miles driven per year in the state, which is about 9,000, and the average fuel economy of the American vehicle, which is like 18 miles per gallon. If 18 miles per gallon is the average, my God, how are, how are you people getting around on vehicles that are 12 miles to the gallon? I mean, that's expensive. Anyway, suspending the, the, the fuel tax in Alaska would save the average Alaskan driver about 40 bucks a year. So, I mean, again, while I'm all in favor of reducing taxes as best I can, because I, I mean, I just, you know, taxation is theft. Thank you very much. The 40 bucks a year is not, um, is not earth shattering. And I wonder how much time is going to be burned up in the legislature discussing this fuel tax. I mean, if they fight about it at all, you know, it's it, somebody in there said, uh, oh, Sandy said uh, in YouTube, she said they're burning time to avoid the PFD issue. And I don't think she's necessarily, uh, I don't think she, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with her. It seems like any bill that we could talk about that doesn't have to do with the PFD, that's what we should be talking about right now. So they're working on this right now. The governor has said that uh, he supports this idea. While he won't comment on any legislation, the uh, the Alaska Senate cast a non-binding vote, uh, kind of a resolution in support of a one-year tax holiday this last Friday, and he supported uh, he supported that in the same day. But um, I mean, forty bucks a year. I'm just not thinking that, I mean, again, great. Any reduction of taxes is great. Don't get me wrong. But how much time are we going to burn on that when we could be focusing on other things, right? I mean, when we could be focusing on, you know, settling the whole PFD issue overall to begin with. Isn't that what we should be focusing on? But instead, we're going to, the gas tax, that's important. Or the marriage thing. Now, again, I'm, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know how to feel about this. So this original bill came out, Matt Clayman, I guess, had introduced this bill or had championed this bill. I don't know if it was an individual bill or if it came out of committee, but it was a bill that would reduce and I guess not remove, but I guess reduce the uh, witness signatures on the, um, on the, uh, uh, on the, on the marriage certificate. Um, they are reducing it from two witness signatures on a marriage certificate to now one. And they did that in part because there's businesses that are providing these destination weddings here in the state of Alaska. And, um, and, uh, 
that apparently was, I mean, although they've been trying to, I guess, remove part of this for years, there was a comment about how Clayman has been pushing this bill for, or a variation, I guess, of this bill uh, has been uh, has been going on for quite a few years. Uh, between 1990 and 2001, according to the court system, uh, there were, uh, oh no, that's on the other thing. But, you know, again, I don't know how important this is. But they put the bill in, they've heard it, and then Sarah Rasmussen attached a writer an amendment to the bill that would eliminate the ability for children under the age of 14 to get married. Current state law says that uh, children as young as 14 can be married with the approval of a judge. And Rasmussen's amendment would raise the minimum age of marriage to 16 with parental consent. And uh, it passed 33 to 3. Kirka and Eastman both voted against it. But Delana Johnson also voted against it. Why? She said sometimes it works out. Her mother was married at 14. And sometimes people become adults at a young age. And you know what? I I kind of agree with that because we've seen that. But again, remember that uh, there is a tremendous number of uh, – there's there's a tremendous change in the last – I don't know, a few decades, it used to be that uh, people were married much younger. In fact, was that in the must-read? I think the must-read must have the uh, the stats. I thought it was interesting uh, because um, in ge- recent generations, pe- people marrying at 16 was not uncommon, although 21 and 22 was more common. Today, the average age of marriage is between 25 and 30 years old. In Alaska, the average age for a woman to marry is 26, while the average age for men to marry is 28. All over the rate, uh, all over the country, the rate of marriage is dropping. And you've seen the decline from more than eight marriages per thousand people down to six marriages per thousand people in 2019. Now, and again, remember, they, yeah, they used to marry young. They, I mean, back in the, you know, westward expansion days, it was not unusual for a girl to be married uh, at the age of 13, 14, 15. But it's a different world now. I don't know. I, I mean, how do I feel about this bill? I'm kind of ambivalent to it one way or the other. Because as Delana Johnson said, sometimes people become adults at a young age. I've seen that happen. I've met people who were old before their years, sometimes marrying at the age of 14. But again, this is her mother, so that was, what, 70 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago? Um, That was a little bit of a different place around the state of Alaska here, for, you know, 70 years ago. So I can definitely understand that. Now, children the age of 16 could still get married. They would just need a... Uh, they would just need a, a parent's consent uh, to do so. Interestingly enough, if you look at the statistics, the percentile of marriages from 2016 through 2020, uh, there was at least uh, 1,672 marriages involving at least one person between the ages of 15 and 19. Now, that's quite a wide swath, and I would say that there's a big difference between somebody getting married at 15 and 19, but that accounted for seven, nearly 7% of all marriages during that period. So, 
But this is another bill that will get tangled up in. I mean, what is the Senate going to do with it? I have no idea. Will they pass it? I don't know. Um, so they could get in on that. They could get in on the uh, eight eight cent a gallon fuel tax <laughs> change. Um, it's uh, it's weird. I mean, I guess you just never know. You know, it's ironic because we talk we we talk about this frequently in my household. Because uh, people are like, oh, they shouldn't get married. They're too young. Or these shouldn't get married. They haven't known each other long enough. And my wife and I, um, my wife and I were married. I was, tw- um, we, we were both 20. Okay. We were both 20. Um, but my wife and I, we met, we met, uh, we moved in together in like two weeks. We were engaged in a month. And we were married three months after we met. And we've been married for over 30 years. So, I mean, I know it does work. I think it just, I guess it depends on the person. Jonathan in the chat room says uh, he and his wife married when she was 16. And uh, they've been married for 17 years. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of factors in there. I don't know. I, again, this raises the question of why the government should be involved in whether or not I want to get married anyway. That's a private contract between two people. And why do I really care what the government thinks? I mean, I guess that's my big take, my hot take on this whole thing to begin with. Um, I got married, said Chris, and had to use the emancipation law, emancipation, emancipated minor law. Well, there you go. I don't know. I guess my question is, why are we worrying about all these other bills when we really should be focusing on the one thing that's important right now is getting the PFD squared away, getting the PFD squared away and getting the state, uh, getting the state, uh, uh, you know, budget under control. Why are we worrying about that? I mean, that's insane. We're worrying about all these other bills and yet we just can't, you know... We just can't get into it on this other side. We, we can't be bothered. We'll worry about an eight cents a gallon gas tax and whether or not you can get married at 16. And I I just, I don't even know. Lots of people in the chat room now sounding off. Gordon, my wife and I are married at 19 years old each and we're on year 36. Good for you. We're going to get there. That's life goals right there. It does happen. I mean, I I love it. These people today. Oh yeah, we've known each other for seven years. We've been living together in seven years. And we're going to get married here one of these days. But I hope it works out. My lord, I knew my wife for three months and we got married. Sometimes you just know, I guess, or maybe you make the decision on the front end that this is going to work out no matter what. Maybe that's what it was. We had no escape hatch. There was no. I mean, you know. Anyway. All right, we're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Robbie says, there were no teenagers until my generation. I mean, isn't that truth? 
I mean, they were young adults, right? I mean, when they hit the age of 13 or 14, they were young adults. They were no longer, and there was, there was no such thing as teenagers. I mean, it was a different world. It was a different, it was so different, so different. Married at 18, says Laura. Baby at 19, been together 42 years. Oof, congratulations. That's what happened. Jerrica says the government should not be involved in personal private relationships. Everybody is different. Every relationship is different. The important thing is that neither person is forced or coerced into marriage. Yeah. Now it's preteens, says Jonathan. (laughs) The odds are good, but the goods are odd. Well, I think you could probably say that about myself. Not about my wife, but I am definitely odd. Uh, Well, I guess that would assume that I'm good at that point. Labels for everything. You get a label, and you get a label, and you get a label. Yeah, and a divorce costs you a thousand and needs a judge permission. Um, I remember a friend in high school had her husband sign a permission slip for a field trip, said Chris. <laughs> what did the parent-teacher conference look like? That's my question. What did the parent-teacher conference look like? Oh, man. Yeah, and I guess it I guess it matters. Um I guess it 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 matters what the age difference is between the two of them. I mean, versus, you know, uh, they th- somebody makes a comment or there's a there's a uh uh must have been in the must read article. There was a discussion about one of the divorces of ages 15 that one of them was 15 years old and it divorced somebody who was 55. That's kind of creepy. That's that that raises the creep factor. Maybe it was in the uh, maybe that was in the ADN article. But um, yeah, I mean, at that point, you're like, uh, ew. I mean, ew. Oh, there you go. Between twenty uh, twenty oh six and twenty fifteen, the state recorded eight divorces involving people younger than fifteen. In one of those cases, the teen spouse was at least fifty five years old. Ew. I mean, that 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 doesn't, no, that doesn't fly in, in that case. Uh, 15 and 20, maybe. 15 and 55, that does, that does, yeah. I mean, what do you even have in common at that point? That reminds me of the old, that reminds me of the old line of when Harry met Sally, right? When he said, you know, he was dating a younger woman and, you know, ask her where she was when Kennedy was shot. She said, Ted Kennedy was shot. You know, I mean, it just at what point at that point, what do you have to talk about? Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, you don't want child brides. No, no, no. Um, marriages are contracts used to secure an alliance with France. Um, there are limits of everything. Of course, age matters at some point. There's a line between early marriage and pedophilia. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that again, I think that that all matters at that point, but I I guess my whole, we were losing, we're losing the point here of my major thrust on this whole thing, which was why are we focusing on this instead of focusing on the important stuff? Like, you know, fixing the issue of the PFD. And, you know, fixing the issue of state spending 
Why are we getting all subsumed by all this other stuff? That's the, I mean, that's the thrust of this whole argument is like, okay, great. We're going to fix the ver- the marriage that, oh, we're going to fix the gas tech. Great. You know, we're going to get the Alaska flag song and other stanza. We're going to rename the Glen highway. Okay, great. But what does that, what does that do for our fight and our, the battle that continues to rage over the PFD? What does it matter? That's the thing. That's what's killing me. Uh, okay. Phone lines are open. 433-3150. The Pivotel call in line. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, feel free to uh, dial in and uh, tell us what your thoughts are or what's going on inside your head. We would love to, uh, uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to give us a, give us a ring and, and talk about it. Don't forget to like and share this video. Don't forget to like and follow the show page. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe bell, subscribe button rather, and ring the bell on YouTube. Bread and circuses. Bread and circuses, says Brian. That's pretty much it right there, isn't it? That's pretty much what it's all about. We'll lead off with that here as we uh, kick things off. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Again, like and share. Get more Alaskans involved in this conversation, and let's do it. So bread and circuses, that's, I guess that was my whole point. I didn't mean to lose the point in the middle of all that as we digressed into discussions on this whole thing on marriages. Uh, But really, I mean, how much of this is bread and circuses? I mean, renaming the Glen Highway. That's rap. I mean, that's important. This $40 a year savings in a fuel tax suspension, changing the marriage date, you know, age and all this kind of stuff. I mean... Anything to avoid the PFD discussion. That's what's going on. And we've had, you know, how many special sessions have we had? I mean, not that, you know, again, if we started focusing on the PFD, it would go anywhere. Because, again, how many special sessions have we had that were focused specifically on the budget and the PFD? What did we have? Four special sessions last year with two of them almost completely dedicated to the PFD issue? I mean, at that point, you're like, whoa. And I don't know. I didn't know this was true. I did not see the fiscal note on the Glen Highway renaming. It has a $6 million price tag? (laughs) What? I mean, don't we have better things to do than spend $6 million renaming a highway? I I didn't see the fiscal note, but that's what somebody in the chat room here is saying. $6 million. I mean, (laughs) that's... That's just stupid. I mean, who cares if it's called the Glen or the Highway to Hell? I mean, who cares what it's called? You're gonna we're gonna spend six million dollars on state money or three million or a million dollars of state money, whatever it is, to rename a highway? Who cares? Well, that's some earth shattering work there. 
Reprital, Senator Revac. That's some earth-shattering work. I mean, what about just what about the PFD? What about the state budget? What about getting us back on track? What about being sustainable? I mean, really? And then we come to education. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm reading this story. It's from Iris Samuels in the ADN. And my blood literally starts shooting from my eyeballs about the first sentence into the story. Let me let me read this. Here's what it starts out with. After seven years with no increases to Alaska's public education funding formula, schools across the state are facing difficult decisions as they balance increasingly tight budgets. Now, it's not until later in the story... Because the way that's written and the way most people will read through that, seven years without without any increased education funding? I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. No increases to education fund? Now, let me reread the sentence to you. After seven years with no increases to Alaska's public education funding formula, Schools across the state are facing difficult decisions as they balance increasingly tight budgets. So, but again, remember, people are, they're not going to see the whole part about the education funding formula. In Juneau, class sizes have gone up and two of four middle school counselor positions serving about a thousand students have been eliminated. In the Alaska Gateway School District in the eastern interior, they've installed energy-efficient windows and applied for solar heating grant. And in Fairbanks, the district is closing three elementary schools and cutting 121 positions, more than 7% of the positions in the district. You know what they don't talk about anywhere in this article? Let me, let me just scan it to make sure that I didn't miss it. I, mean, I just want to make sure that I'm going to scan the article before I say something that's completely inaccurate. But... Yeah, see, I don't see them mentioning anywhere in this article. I'm, I'm scanning through it as we speak. I just want to make sure that I'm not. No, doesn't doesn't look like it. Doesn't. Okay. So I don't see them no, manage, uh, mentioning anywhere in this in this article about the number of students, about student enrollment, enroll. Nope. Student. Okay, student. I'm now. I'm just searching for the word student to make sure that. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um. Yep. Nope. 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 Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't. I wasn't uh, talking out of school here. Nowhere in this article does it talk about the lack of students that these school districts are facing. Many of these school districts have seen a decrease in the double digits, a decrease in the student population in the double digits, anywhere from 8 to 12% reduction in the number of students. There is a mass exodus going on in the school system, still happening to this day. 
homeschooling systems are bursting at the seams. People are sick and tired of the on again, off again, and with the COVID stuff and not knowing whether your you know daycare is going to be there or this or that or whether the school is going to be open or closed, many people just went, well, we're just going to do it ourselves. There is not a single mention in this article, which is essentially a, 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 a whining cry piece about how we need to really increase our age. If you care about the children, you will put more money in schools. It's not throwing money at anything. It just makes sure that we can continue. It does not mention a single thing about the loss of the, of the, uh, of the number of students in the school district. Uh, Fairbanks, the district is closing three elementary schools, cutting 121 positions, more than 7% of the positions in the district, which I think is probably appropriate because I think if I remember correctly, Fairbanks has lost something like 9% of its overall student population. Somebody check me in the chat room. If somebody's been following this, I think it was Fairbanks. It was eight point something percent. I think last time I checked, but here we are. And now they're talking about they haven't had an increase in seven years on the funding formula. But that doesn't count. It does you you gotta get down into like the way down in the article before they're like, well, yeah, I mean, they did give them twenty million dollars here, and they did give them forty million dollars there, and they did give them fifty million dollars this year. I mean, they did do that. But that's just one-time relief. We need something baked in so that we don't have to fight over it, so that we don't have to compete with the rest of all the state spending out there. We need this now. And don't you dare put limitations on it. What was the snarky comment? I read it as snarky. It probably wasn't meant as snarky. But it was something about um, where we were putting, uh, you know, the people, the Republicans wanted like an achievement thing on it. Like, you know, you've got to do better because we suck. Because we suck at scholastic achievement. Like, we are the last in the nation on reading. And we're, like, in the top, bottom three or four in math. And then this, and then super, one of the superintendents is quoted as saying, well, you know, the, uh, we really have, we, we have really good work to do to increase some of our achievement scores. But to embrace the notion that prove it first and we'll give you resources is really an upside-down way to think. No, what we want is some guarantees that you're going to make some changes. Not that you're just going to keep putting money into the same thing that's failing as we are. That's the thing. Nobody is willing to say that the system is broken. I am. I've been saying it for years. It's why I homeschooled my kids. The system is fundamentally flawed. Nobody's willing to say it. And yes, you are just throwing more money at it. All right, we gotta we gotta take some calls here, uh, real quick before we run out of daylight. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, good morning, Mike. This is Mark calling from the interior. Uh, I think you're right, and you're to be commended uh, for your homeschooling choices. Uh, uh, the people in the state of Alaska should be commended for those that have taken their kids out of schools. Uh, there is a mass poisoning program going on. And you need to come to terms with that mentally. Uh, there's some very wicked people in control of the system. And uh, this has been evidence in the public school for some time. Uh, they uh, down, dumbed down Alaskans so bad we, we didn't even know about our own 90% provision. And then they swiped that. And uh, they're swiping the PFD. 
there's no real representation in Juno outside of those dedicated few. And uh, uh, the, uh, the shot program that's cloaked as a vaccine, it's diabolical. Yeah. It disarms your uh, immunosystem. Subjects you to all kinds of uh, diseases, external, internal, and then it has a toxic twin that uh, reorders your DNA totally. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we don't even have to get into the whole uh, DNA and, and COVID thing. We could be talking about all the problems that are going on just scholastically, let alone, like you said, not even teaching us our own history and what we're owed and what's due to us. I mean, I think that's big enough to uh, fight about right now. All right, uh, the Michael Duke Show. We got to continue here. Hour two is dead ahead. It is open line, open form. If you want to get in the queue, 433 3150 on the Pivotel call in line, 433 3150. We continue with more right after this. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I just, I just don't even. Uh, Ivy claims, Ivy Sponholtz claims we need to increase the base allocation because schools in other states are passing us up academically because of the programs implemented in their states. Currently, we're at the top of the list in spending, so those other states are exceeding our academic levels while spending less money. Exactly, and yet they continue to fight to fight back on these things like the Read by Nine program, which is modeled after the one in Florida, which has a great track record. But they'll fight back against that because they don't want to spend money on that. They want it to be baked into the student. They want the monies for the school systems baked in. I mean, I've been fighting about this for years. I'm just, I'm so tired of watching this stuff go on where the people are, we can't, you're, we're mean. You don't, you must hate children. I love children. That's why I think we need to acknowledge that what we're doing is not working. I mean, the school system during the COVID, I mean, it totally, totally failed the students and the parents. The students are the more important part of that equation. They totally failed the students and the parents. And and as I've said many times, I mean, the one silver lining to the COVID pandemic is that parents all of a sudden started to understand that the schooling that they were receiving was A, not top notch, and B, they weren't really there for the students, and C, that they could do it themselves. They figured out, many of them figured out that homeschooling was not the big, scary boogeyman that everybody, you know, made it out to be. We had several listeners in late 2020 who told me on in the show, on in the chat room, in a private message, in emails, that they had taken up homeschooling their children and their children were thriving. In fact, one of them said, and this was before Christmas, they said they finished the whole school year already. They finished everything. They excelled. They got the whole school year done in the first semester. Well, you know why that is? Because that didn't have to be taught at the rate of the slowest learner, right? The teachers in these school systems, they have to go at the rate of the slowest student. If your child is gifted or can grasp some of these concepts faster than the other kids, then they're basically held back because of that. Because they have to teach at the speed of the slowest student. 
I mean, this is insane. We're seeing successes in all these other areas, but we keep going back to the old broken model that this is the only way to get it done. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the very definition of insanity. Stats show that homeschooling is more successful than any other form of schooling in all areas. Yes. Stats also show that homeschooling is on the increase. Yes. Um, we pulled both of our kiddos and are, they're both doing better and are happier kids. I think many people, again, I think many people have been bamboozled into thinking prior to COVID that homeschooling was, I mean, the the devil, that it was so hard and it was only the weirdo wackos that wanted to not put their kids in school and all these other things. And then people started teaching their own kids, whether it was through a group co-op, whether it was through some kind of pandemic pod uh, or charter school or homeschooling directly, one of the homeschooling systems in the state. And all of a sudden they're like, well, this isn't hard and my kids are happy. And wow. Wow. <sighs> I mean, it was crazy. It's crazy. Uh, all right. Um, phone lines are open. I could get really spun up about this. I'm trying not to get too spun up because I'm just, I'm, you know, I mean, at some point I just basically said I'm done fighting everybody because nobody else really wanted to fight this. I mean, I was highlighting school systems. I was highlighting homeschooling systems. I was, we were teaching our own kids doing what we needed to do because I figured that that was the thing. And then the pandemic came along and then all of a sudden everybody's like, wow, maybe this brick and mortar thing doesn't make sense. And I said, yes, maybe they get it. And yet still we see this kind of crap. Oh, it's been seven years since they've, the costs are not going down. Well, it's because you're doing it by the old system. You have all these brick and mortar schools. You have all this stuff. Some of the kids, yes, you're right. Some of the kids didn't do well with remote learning. Some kids need to have that structure of brick and mortar. I understand that, but not all of them. Why don't we find a means test to find the kids that can do well in the remote learning. Why don't we find the means test and the parents who are willing to take over the schooling of their own kids and then school the ones in the brick and mortar that need to be schooled there? The cost would be much lower. I mean, each child has a different learning style, right? I mean, I had five kids and each one of them had a different learning style that we had to adapt to and learn to. <laughs> Remember, heart attacks more frequent on Mondays, so not getting spun up is smart. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> You're right. Uh, Jimmy says, my 11-year-old has this thing for Irish history. We allow them to pick the subject. Amazing what we can as human, what humans can do as if allowed. Yeah, I mean, that's called unit study, where the child has, a, has something that they want to learn, and you just let them go whole hog on it, you know? And you learn about it from, like, you know, if a kid loves octopuses or something, you learn about everything from oceanography to biology to everything else that's all built up around that. You can learn everything. There's so many different things you can learn. All right. Here I am. This is me trying not to get spun up about it. That means you got to call to keep me calm. Call to get me calm. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Hour 2, Dead Ahead, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the state of Alaska, on this your favorite radio station and or translator, and around the world at MichaelDukesShow.com on the interwebs. It is The Michael Dukes Show. Welcome back to the program, hour two of the big radio show. And uh, we were doing something a little different today. Normally, I reserve my open line, open forum discussions for later on in the week, but... Um, you know, I didn't have any guests, and this weekend, I just didn't feel like bugging anybody. I thought, you know, we should just open up the phone lines and see what you guys want to talk about. So what have we talked about today? Well, let's see. Daylight savings time. We've talked about that. We talked about this $0.08 cents a gallon fuel tax that the uh, that the state is thinking about, uh, you know, the legislature. They're all spun up about, well, we're going to save, we're going to kill this tax and save you 40 bucks a year. Or they're going to change the name of the Glen Highway. Or we're going to change the legal marrying age so that you can get married. All these important things, these super important things that instead of focusing on the PFD and all that other stuff that they should be focusing on. Sorry, didn't mean to yell. But that's where we're at. That's what we've been talking about today. But what do you want to talk about? That's my question. 907-433-3150 is the Pivotel call-in line powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. We'll let you drive the boat this morning because obviously I'm ready to steer it right into the rocks. Is that a lighthouse? Drive towards it. Because, I mean, I am so frustrated. This whole schooling thing, we we got talking about the schooling and the fact that, my God, they haven't had an increase in their base student funding for seven years. What will we do? Except for then later on, they talk about that the formula hasn't changed since 2017. That's not seven years. That's only five. But, I mean, you know, let's not do the math. Let's not. I mean, there's so many things that are wrong with this thing. All right, uh, but let's go to the phones, right? Let's Graz Fruba. Graz, mm, Graz Fruba. All right, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Are you with me? Well, I don't know what happened there, but let's, uh, I'm going to hang up on that call and go over here. Maybe, uh, maybe this one is, oh, no, I know what the problem was. Sorry, caller. There we go. I have to turn up another knob. Uh, good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mikey from Fairbanks. Mikey, what's on your mind? Listen, I really believe all all Alaskans, men, women, and children should get down to the nearest LIO Legislative Information Office and tell the legislature to send them their $15,000 per person. Uh, every Alaskan, I mean, 
we can't depend them on on emergencies or pandemics or anything. You have to uh, get that statue. It's on the books. It belongs to Alaskans, and it's uh, rational to pursue what does belong to you, or it's going to be stolen. Right. I just uh, like the I, uh, I agree. I agree. Mark, thank you. That marks two for you today. You're done for today. Thank you for calling in. I had one other caller that I hung up on, and I apologize, callers, because I had too many I had too many buttons and knobs that I had to pull here, and I forgot to turn one all the way up. So if you want to sound off on this, and I suggest that you do, 907-433-3150, it will prevent me from, it will prevent me from r- ranting. Uh, man, um, you know, this is, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Nobody wants to take on education as a whole, right? No one wants to take on education and say what we are doing, and we are spending more than any other. I mean, we're spending a a tremendous, what are we spending? $17,000 for every student that's in school. Now, they're quick to point out that, of course, with our, uh, you know, with our, uh, our, our, our geographic regions and our geographic areas it's uh you know it's 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 very it's it's not nearly that much that it's 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 only you know it's 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 on target with everybody the state spends more than this is as of 2017 the state spends more than $17,800 per student now that's again 5 years ago the number today is even bigger compared to the national average of 12. We are one third more than any other, uh, than any other state out there. Oh, but geography, you know, it's going to take more. We have to deliver education to rural communities and overall. But according to that, so now Alaska is spending 7% less than the national average per student in 2019. I love how they use all these different years to make it, you know, it's not an apples to apples comparison. But we've got all this money that we're spending. And we continue to scrape the bottom of the barrel in scholastic achievement. I mean, here we are. We are at the bottom in the terms of reading at the fourth grade and one of the five worst states in math. I mean, the performance is horrifically poor. And yet, oh, they just, well, if we only had more money, we could make it work. Well, wait, that's not how it works. You don't, you don't just, I mean, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. What is going on? Oh, but you can't ask for us to deliver and then pay us. That's not how, you know, there should be nothing tied to this. This should just be money because we need to be able to count on it. That's not how the world works. Let's go over to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Hello, Randy. What's on your mind? Oh, just some boring news about me, personally. Um, I just wanted to report to you that I sent back, finally, my PFD from uh, from, uh, 2021, uh, $1,114. I had procrastinated a long time about it because usually the reason I send send it back is because we have a deficit, but since we have a... Uh, a surplus, I thought, no, I wonder if I should send it back. And anyway, I finally sent it back on March 4th. And in my letter to the uh, uh, to the Department of Revenue, one of the reasons I kind of cited was that I hadn't seen any serious effort to pay back the 
$12 billion that we sucked out of the CBR to cover all those deficits for all those years. That was kind of one reason. But also I just thought I'd read you one of my final paragraphs. I said uh, to the Department of Revenue, I said here in my letter, I know I can't specify which projects my donated enclosed PFD check goes to, and I know it is just a tiny drop in the bucket, but I hope that some of it could go toward developing the Connect Arm Bridge and upgrading the narrow and overloaded Connect Goose Bay Road near Wasilla to a divided four-lane highway. I don't live down there, but I think those infrastructure projects will benefit Alaskans for many years to come. Also, I hope money can be found from somewhere to make the necessary repairs and improvements to the Port of Anchorage and to Port McKenzie. Fairbanks depends on those ports. So some, so that paragraph was heavily influenced by things I've heard on your show, right? In, 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 including... Anyway, so that's what I did. Boring or not? Well, no. I mean, it's you know, great, Randy. I mean, I appreciate your stalwartness and your a bit, you know, your your uh, you know, your stick to itiveness. I guess on that, uh, I don't know as it really does anything uh, to affect it. Uh, you know, we even if we had a surplus this year, we're going to do something with it. We'll spend it on something. Um, that's you know, that's obviously what's going to happen because the the legislators are just. I mean, they're bound and determined to spend all this money. Um, so, I mean, you'll be sending that PFD back for your foreseeable future, my friend. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be sending that PFD back for years because this legislature is never going to create a surplus, not with the makeup that it has right now. Well, by the way, I'm all for having a bigger PFD this year, more money out because we have a surplus. And, and that goes in line with what I've preached about having an expansion clause built right into a a new PFD statute. You know, there should be an expansion clause that says the PFD shall be higher than whatever the base amount is if there's a surplus. Well, yeah, but the problem is, Randy, is that they are not incentivized in any way to create a surplus. They are not incentivized in any way to rein in the spending. And if you give them even more money, which is essentially what you've advocated for in the past by allowing them to continue to raid and take the PFD, they have no incentive to curb the spending. And that's always been the problem. My argument has always been that we should we should starve the beast. We should starve it. We should we should reduce the amount of money and force them to face the fact that they have got a spending problem. But because we've got people out there who are like, meh, okay, whatever, then they then they just continue to spend. And they, and like right now, they're waiting for the spring revenue forecast to come out so they could figure out how much more money they've got so they could figure out where to spend it. I mean, that's. It's it's insane. Well, as far as the incentive, that's what the whole idea of my thought on having an expansion clause. There is your incentive. But there's no incentive the for the legislator. That that's the thing, Randy. There's What's no that? incentive for the legislators to save that spending. They don't give two wits about whether or not you or I get a PFD. Most of them, I mean, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but most of them don't give a crap if we get a PFD or not. If you take the money from them and shorten it out so that they have to focus on the budget because there's not enough money coming in, then they'll have to face the problem. As long as they have that huge piggy bank to draw off of, there is no sense of urgency to fix the spending in the state. 
Well, well yeah, but all 700,000 Alaskans want a bigger PFD, and that's where the incentive comes from. Comes well, from the, there's a huge chunk of Alaskans that want the full. There's a whole ch- whole chunk of Alaskans that want the full PFD. They're not listening to them. We've seen hours of testimony with 90 plus percent in favor of paying a statutory PFD, and they look at you and they give you the proverbial finger after the presentation and say, "You poor, poor, pitiful people. You just don't understand." That's what they're doing. So you think that giving them more money is going to make them more, uh, make them more responsible and uh, make them more uh, responsive to what we want? It's not going to happen. Well, well, no. Like I say, a, a an expansion clause is what is the incentive? If we Wait, have but that, where? Right in, how would look at that? How does say, that incentivize them? How does that? How would an expansion clause that say we pay a larger PFD if we have a surplus? How is that going to incentivize them to create that surplus? Explain it to me. Well, because the people seeing that expansion clause built right into the statute will point to that and say, "Hey, legislator, cut out this over here. Cut out that over there. This is inefficient over here. Cut that out so I can get a bigger PFD." That's what That's they've been where saying. The there's from. already a law in the huh? books that say there's already a law in the books that say you should pay this over here. You shall pay this. It says it. And what do they do? They ignore the law because they know better than you, Randy. They know better than you how to spend the money. They know. They again, four hours of testimony that says pay this PFD. And they go, Oh, well, that's all well and good, but you children should sit over here and let the adults talk. So yeah, sure, put a statute in, Randy, that has an expansion clause. And just see exactly how I mean, again, oh well, we're incentivized. We want to well, the people want a bigger PFD, so maybe we should cut our spending. That's the argument right now. How is that working out for you? Uh, well, that what we have now is not an expansion clause, and I just now sent a letter, an email to all sixty legislators, advocating for the expansion expansion clause idea that I have, and I don't know if they'll <laughs> read it or care about it, but if if we could get that in, I think that would help. I did, think did, it would focus everybody on saying Randy, where can we cut to get an expansion. Randy, clause. you're missing the point. We already have something that is just like what you're saying. It's the statutory PFD. They should pay us first and then make do with the remainder of the money. We've said that. I mean, this is essentially what you're saying. You're just saying it in a different way. Well, we need an expansion clause that says if we have a surplus, they'll pay a larger PFD. We're saying they should pay the statutory PFD, which is the larger PFD, and that they should be incentivized to make sure government runs as efficiently as possible. Instead, they're taking the PFD and spending it on government. There will be no surplus. I mean, that that is there. That, I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> there will be, they are not incentivized in the least to create a surplus. That's just the, that's just the, that's the truth of it. I hate to tell you that, but that's the truth of it, Randy. All right, we got to go. Oh, man. Blood leaking from one of my eyes. All right, we got to go here. The Michael Duke Show continues. It's your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with your phone calls right after this. Don't go anywhere.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. God love him. God love him. Nobody else will. I I mean, he just doesn't he just doesn't get it. And I'm just wondering if it's intentional. You know, at some point. Oh, the expand if we just put this expansion clause in there, where if they have a surplus, then we'll get a larger dividend, that of course will mean that they will spend less money and and do their best to get that. <laughs> Uh, for the love of God. I mean, like, that's going to happen right now. Oh. There's a legislator who has put, who has a bill in to put an expansion clause like that into the Constitution. He also has a bill to greatly expand the public employee's retirement system. Of course he does. Because we already didn't get bit by that once before. They don't follow the statutes anyway. I mean, that's the right. Uh, the people who want the full PFD don't vote. That's why they want something. Uh, oh, did you use like an, a thing or something here? No. Okay. Let's all do some deep cleansing breathing. Visualize hot black coffee flowing into your mouth. Okay, all right. It just never ends. It just, you know, I, I just, you just can't fix it. I love Randy to death. I admire his stalwart determination to do the right thing as he sees it. I mean, there's a guy that's willing to put his money where his mouth is. More than many people I know on my end of the fence. But you just, I mean, you can lead the horse to water, but you just can't make him drink. You can't make him see what's going on. And the costs just keep going up. Uh, All right. um, What else? Uh, Last place I would have sent the money back to is the state. Better off handing out $100 bills to local charities People or even some other causes never back to those who stole it. The ledger critters found out long ago it's easier to bribe people with programs. The greed. The greed. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it. Yep. I just don't fathom it. The greed that people would want their own money, that people would want to choose their own destinies and determine and self-determination, even if they just want to spend it on big screen TVs and vacations to Hawaii, as some people have asserted. You know what? It's their money. I don't care if they want to go do hookers and blow with it. It doesn't matter to me because it's none of my business. It's it is none of my 
business. But don't worry. They know better than you. No, no, no. Poor, poor, pitiful children. Let the grown-ups talk. We're going to work this out for you, and you'll be happy with it. Or else. Right? I mean, that's what we're faced with, right? You'll be happy with it or off with your head. Poor, poor, pitiful morons. If you only knew. If we only knew what we knew. If you only knew what we knew, you would know that we are anointed by God from on high to tell you how you should spend your money. (sighs) Okay. All right. I'm trying to calm down a little bit. It's Monday. Daylight savings time. Could die tomorrow. Don't know. All right. People are listing off all the stuff and what it costs in town. I know stuff's gotten expensive, man. You don't have to tell me $5.59 a gallon for gas. Yeehaw. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. All right, uh, <laughs> and now we've been talking about the prices stuff. You've been watching the food prices. I mean, what's it cost for a dozen eggs now, right? And a pound of bacon, that's up to like nine or ten dollars a pound now instead of what seven. Butter, gasoline. Oh, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better from here. But don't worry, I'm sure the legislature will swoop in and save us with some other program because they have been anointed by God to tell us exactly how we should spend our money. And don't you dare question them. Because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, if you question them, I mean, you if you question them, you question yourselves, my friend. The greed... And the entitlement is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it. Just don't fathom it. How could you be so greedy? How could you how could you want a bill that would put money in the hands of Alaskans? That'll just be us. I know, I know, Bert Stedman. I know that it is just I know. I know that it's just Bert Stedman. Because, why? Because they know better than you. That's the crux of this whole thing. I mean, am I wrong? You, you, if I'm wrong, dial me up and tell me how. 907-433-3150. The lines are open. You can just, just call out and tell me how I'm wrong. That they... That is that is the crux of this whole argument is that somehow our elected 
officials, I won't even call them leaders because there ain't no leadership going on in there right now, our elected officials are telling us with their deeds, but more importantly, even with the words that are coming out of their mouth, that somehow, some way, they know better than us on how to spend this Andy Josephson, four hours of testimony, people waiting on the phones for hours to have their say, 90% of them say, pay the full PFD. And he goes on about how, well, it's really nice that you guys are all here and you've sounded off and everything, but you know, we understand this problem better. Paul Seaton, we know this problem better than you. And while we appreciate your testimony, just go pound sand. I mean, that's the problem. And the irony, by the way, of a multi-million dollar, you know, of a millionaire who makes over $1.2 million a year telling us that we, the small people, are greedy because we want them to follow the law and pay the statutory PFD and live within their means. Oh, the irony of that is just astonishing. I mean, the greed and the entitlement. Astonishing. But, I mean, again, it's just a microcosm of what we're facing with all of our elected officials. I mean, I shouldn't say all, because there are a few in there who are fighting for this valiantly. I'm sure they feel like Don Quixote. Tilting at that windmill one more time, Rosanante, let us dive once more into the breach against this multi-limbed beast, and we are sure to be victorious. Boom. Knocked right on our asses again, every time, right out of the saddle. Boom. I mean, this is just... This is the battle we fight. And we keep sending the same group of people back over and over again. We change out a few of them. I mean, we've changed out a full third of the legislature. But we've got those ones that are in there, the hangers on, the ones that they've got it locked like Flynn, and they know how to work them parliamentary procedures, baby. Mm hmm. Yeah, they know how to, uh, they know how to work that. And so they're holding the whole they're holding the rest of the legislature hostage. I mean that argument about how they had 50 legislators lined up to support the fiscal policy working group plan and you had one legislator that stumble blocked the whole thing. It's it's disheartening. Disheartening to say the least. And now we're faced with an election season with a ton of unknowns. We got the jungle primary. And we've got a handful of candidates for these offices. And we don't know how the ranked choice voting is going to be perceived, how it's going to be executed by the people who more than likely don't understand it. 
Because let's face it, how many of us actually understand all the intricacies and the bells and whistles of it? Not much. I mean, we've had experts on the program. I read most of the 36 pages of changes that were coming on there, and I still don't understand it completely. How is the average person who doesn't ever turn on the radio or listen to politics or even find all they do their civic duty once a year when they climb behind the ballot box and they they throw their vote and they're like, I've done my duty. What are they going to do? When the ranked choice voting thing is slapped down in front of them, what are their choices going to be? How is that going to affect us? We don't know. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, I'm predicting a total train wreck. I'm I'm just, you know... This is like where the guy says, hold my beer. You ain't going to believe this. That's what I'm predicting right now. The worst part of this whole thing is that we know that we're in trouble. Now, maybe not for the long term, because remember now they're predicting that the permanent fund itself is going to go up over $100 million a year or $100 billion in valuation that every year we'll be able to draw enough with that 5% draw or 4% or 4.5%. We'll be able to draw enough that the state government can live on it and it'll be fine. Our revenue problems will be solved in, you know, five or six years. But what happens in the interim? And of course, this whole thing comes back to this whole thing comes back to are we spending more money than we're taking in? Yes. And are we not following the law? Yes. Then what is the problem? Why are we focusing on all this other crap if we're not going to focus on the problem at hand? Well, because the powers that be that are in the legislature right now, the business as usual crowd, the enshrined club, the greed and entitlement crowd don't want it to happen. They don't want it to happen. That's the bottom line. All right, back to the phones. Let's let's see let's see what you have to say here uh, before I blow a blood vessel. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Kathy from Soldatna. Hello, Kathy from Soldatna. Hey, I just want to share that Kelly Shavaka spoke at Kenai New Life. Um, on Sunday, uh-huh. and you can go on Facebook and listen to her message. It was super good, and um, so I'm just encouraging people to go to Kenai New Life and listen to that, and um, it was very, very good. And, um, yeah, um, I just encourage you to have Charlie and Edie Grunwell on your, your um, phone, you know, to listen to them again you know sure. to see what Edie has at least you know I mean we've heard from Charlie and but um it'd be nice to hear from Edie I think she's really excited and I'm excited for her and um yeah I just and then maybe you can share what you have coming up on your um what's coming up this week on your the people that you've invited onto your show sure sure I will do that I have invited so, Edie onto yeah. the program I'm hoping to have her on this week for sure uh we know mike shower is going to be here and also jonathan christ tompkins uh is supposed to be on the program this week as well to discuss the fiscal policy working group and their plan um so that's kind of what we have Mm -hmm. lined up so far and of course brad keithley and chris story tomorrow so 
uh, hoping that off all those, if all those, uh, if all those guests uh, end up here, we'll be pretty much full up for the rest of the week. So, working on that right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought. Well, I would encourage you because I was like, boy, I was like, well, I couldn't get that ten minutes back, like Doctor Phil would say, on what those two, you know. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so. Are you saying that my ra- my rantiness is uh, my rantiness is killing your spirit? Is that what you're saying there? <laughs> well, some of the people that were on there about giving their dividend back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like. Wow, you know, I mean, they would have had more fun by giving out hundred dollar bills in town. Yeah, well, I they think could, that would have been way fun. I think than, they could. Well, they could I have mean, definitely made more of a definitely could have made more of a difference, right? I mean, you could make a difference in somebody's life if you hand yeah. them a hundred dollar bill. If you walk down to the homeless shelter and handed out some hundred dollar bills, you could have done a much better job than giving it back to the state. What's the state going to yeah. do with it? Spend it on everything else? Right. Yeah. I know that's, I mean, I have one friend who gave it back, but her daughter had died and she didn't have the will up to speed. And, and so she just sent it back, you know, but that, yeah, I can kind of see that, but yeah, he would have had a lot of fun. I mean, that would have been fun for me just to hand out the hundred dollar right. bills and right. even watching him hand out the hundred dollars. I know I would have, that would have been good. Grab the popcorn, see how it goes and a handkerchief. It would have been fantastic. All right. Well, Karen, thank you so it much for, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you being part of the program. 433-3150-907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. Speaking of Satellite West, you know, they're also helping one of our other sponsors here on the program, and that is the Bivy Stick. What is a Bivy Stick, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Bivy Stick is an SBD, a short burst data device, which is a fancy way of saying it tethers your cell phone to the Iridium satellite system. It's a little tiny device. It's about half the size of your cell phone. You tether it with Bluetooth to your phone. You download the app. And then when you're out anywhere in the world, anywhere that you could see the sky, you can send text messages. You can send emails to your friends, relatives, neighbors, people that you need to keep in contact with. If you're out hunting or fishing or hiking or biking or snow machining, you can be uh, you can be assured that you are always in contact and always ready. Uh, it's got a little button on it that's got the secure check-in, meaning that you're okay. And when you mash that button, it sends out an email to whoever you've specified with a message that says, I'm okay, and here's my location. And it's got a little red button on it for emergencies that if you've, I've fallen and my snow machine's on top of me. Well, guess what? It gives you the location and it tells people where you are. Plus, of course, you can just write a text message or write an email. Plus, you can check the weather. You know, regular weather forecast, aviation forecast, marine forecast, and it's only $199. I mean, why would you, if you have got a go bag, if you've got an emergency bag, this is the perfect thing for that emergency bag. A disaster, right? An earthquake. We just had an earthquake on Saturday. It wasn't the 2018 earthquake, but it was a, it was a shaker. What if you had another one like 2018 and it brought more of the cell towers down or the congestion on the cell towers was so tough you couldn't get through? Well, guess what? With a baby stick, it doesn't matter. You could send text messages to people and it will go through on the system. You could send emails and tell people where you're at. Throw it in your glove box. Put it in your coat pocket. Put it in your little bag there on the top of your snow machine cowling when you're out there out in the mountains where nobody can reach you and your cell phone doesn't work. 
it'll go five days of continuous usage at 10 minute tracking 10 minutes it drops a pin every 10 minutes to tell your 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 friends where you are and they're always rolling out new features they got a new feature called group track we're going to talk about here in the future that is absolutely amazing and again 199 bucks no activation fees rollovers everything else so I don't care if you are in a car or a boat or an ATV or a plane, snow machine, train, submarine, hang glider. It doesn't matter. You should have one of these in your pocket, in your go bag, in your emergency kit. And at $199, can you afford not to? I've got one. My wife's got one. This is what you need to have. The bivy stick. Check it out at your local dealer. Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, Communications North in Seward, Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, and your safe and sound locations in Wasilla, Soldatna, or Anchorage. All right. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue with your phone calls. Lines are open right now. All four lines. Stack them and rack them. Let's go. Get deep on the queue here. 433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Brought to you by your friends at Bivy Stick. Go to SatelliteWest.com to find out more. Here we go. Back with more right after this. light our guide and our trusted friend <sighs> my grandson was punished for getting his work done too quick Uh, let's see. I like it when your rant saves me from blowing a gasket. I know, but it makes me want to blow a gasket. That's the problem. Um, went to their event in Friday on Wasilla. A very common sense approach to state government gives me hope. I don't know what Terry's talking about there. Whose event? I don't remember. Was I talking about something? Um... We had over 100 people say a couple dozen people. Oh, we have over 150 people at something, and they say a couple dozen people. I know. I would be at the PFD rally and show up and not even show everyone, and they would interview people, but just cut it all up. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, Let's see. Uh, You could thank Bill Walker for the PFD problems now. Absolutely, Christopher. It's directly at his feet. I like Shakespearean Michael Monday. Is that what it is? When I get all Shakespearean to be or not to be, that is the question. Um, I uh, Slightly off topic, I've watched Greed and Entitlement on the news and talked about it with others, but until a few weeks ago, I had not met anyone in person who displays such behaviors. 
I had a young man come in to apply to run our spare room, and he's from Puerto Rico, and I was incredibly shocked and disappointed at his behavior. He literally argued everything. I now understand what true entitlement looks like. Pray for the new generation. Yeah, I, yeah, no. Charlie Pierce and Edie. Oh, Terry was talking about going and seeing Charlie Pierce and Edie. Yeah, no, we're going to we're gonna try and get Edie Grunewald on the program this week um, and see what she has to say. And uh, like I said, uh, hopefully uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Mike Shower on. I think it's gonna be Thursday instead of Wednesday. And then Jonathan Christ Tompkins, who is not normally, you know, I mean, he's one of the more progressive members of the uh, establishment. But he said he's be he'd be willing to come on and talk with us about the uh, fiscal policy working group, which I'd like to hear. I want to see what I want to get his take on it. Maybe it'd be fun to have him on from time to time, and we could spar gently. Don't want to hurt anybody. Don't want to hurt anybody. Okay. Um, Reacher frogs go gay as part of America's contaminated water. Sean, are you really giving me the reasons why frogs, the gay frogs in the water? Huh? Hmm? Huh? What? <laughs> Freaking fluoride in the water turned the frogs gay. That's what it is. Um, Drummond stories, Zulkowski and Hopkins want to hire 10 reading specialists. These specialists are to teach the teachers how to teach reading. Uh, my question is, why are we paying teachers who can't teach? Yeah, I mean, what about using the program that already worked in other states, like this read by nine thing that the senators are talking about? Why? I mean, why aren't we focusing on that? Right? What's the question there? I think I scared everybody off with my rant. Don't have any more phone calls. Uh, Putin is seeking military equipment from China. Uh, Beijing emerging as the winner of the war. Interesting. Kremlin chaos. All right. Well, we'll see what's going on. Um, close that, close that. I've covered some of these stories. The whole... I knew that as soon as I got onto the whole schooling thing that I was going to lose my mind because it's just such a pet peeve of mine. Such a pet peeve. I mean, we just continue to pour money down this endless rabbit hole. And they, they keep saying, oh, this time we'll really do This time we'll really do something. No, no, this time we'll really do something. We'll move that needle. Just give us more money and we'll move the needle this time. And yet you're continuing to do exactly the same things. You're asking for money to prop up the systems that right now are not serving us. Tell me how that makes sense. Tell me how that is smart. Right? Tell me. How does that work? Why won't you invite Senator Reinbold or Representative Eastman on? They've both been on the program, Herman. They've both been on the program. I've just read Thinking as a Science. Good book, says Timothy. I'll have to look it up, Timothy. Drop me a link in the Comet Sense Core page, will you? I'll go take a look at it, see if I can find some time to uh, share my brain out. Although, I'll be honest with you, any spare time I've had lately has been hanging out with my wife, watching movies, and just kind of decompressing, because damn. 
Uh, yo, yeah, yo. Yo, I've been there. Yo, I've been there, done that. Had them both on the program. All right, we're going to continue on here. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio. Like and share. Subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do it. Well, I think I scared everybody away with my rant. Now nobody wants to call and engage with me because I think they're, I don't know if they're afraid that I'm going to blow up on them and chew them up or whatever. But I'm not really, I'm not that scary. I mean, ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm not that scary. I'm a big, lovable teddy bear. I'm That's what I am. Phone lines are open right now, 907-433-3150 on the Pivotel call-in line. I'd love to hear what you have to say um, about, uh, well, pretty much anything. Uh, we're going to open line, open forum, the last uh, segment here. I know, I knew as soon as we, I knew as soon as the topic was going to be schooling today that I was going to get spun up because it is my pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve in state government spending is the education system. So I knew that was going to be a problem. I knew it was going to get spun up. So I apologize for all that stuff. But, you know, I just, I get so irritated when we get stuck on stupid. And that's where we're at. Stuck on stupid. Uh, I got a couple recommendations. Somebody recommended a book to me in the chat room, and I said uh, I was going to look into it. And, uh, um, <laughs> I said, when I get some spare time, but you know what, you know what I've been doing with my spare time more than anything else lately? I mean, I suppose I could be reading another good book to improve my brain or whatever, but all my, um, all my, uh, 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 spare time right now has been spent with my wife or my kids hanging out, watching movies, playing D and D, you know, talking about life. I don't know, unplugging from everything, turning off the news, yep, watching movies, letting the world go by, by, by. I found that to be more edifying than anything else that I could possibly have done. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Oof. Um, all right, I will... Uh, Phone lines are open. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. Uh, can you explain the common sense core to the newbies, says Brian. You know what? We haven't talked about the core in a while. The common sense core, for those of you who don't know what that is, is kind of like a fan club and a, and a, and a you know mastermind all put together. It's a fan club for the show, and uh, you can join it by going over to my website at michaeldukeshow.com and clicking on the join the core button. And uh, there's varying levels. It takes you over to Patreon, and there's varying levels of supporting the show from, you know, three bucks a month to 30 to 40 to 100, you know, whatever. How much, whatever you think this show is worth. And I know some of you are like, I'm never going over there because I don't think this show is worth anything. But even for a cup of coffee's worth of money a month, you do get access to things like the Common Sense Core Facebook page, which is a private Facebook group of core members, and we share things, we talk about different issues. We uh, discuss and uh, we mock mercilessly some people. No, I'm just, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff going on in that private little group. 
and it's a good way to get access to it. And, of course, it helps support the show, puts a little coffee in my cup and shoes on my kids. Don't you care about the children? It's the children you care about putting shoes on my kids' feet. I mean, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So go on out to the Common Sense Corps. Uh, there's also some other rewards. You can get beard curdler coffee. You can get T-shirts and mugs. Uh, I've done all kinds of stuff over the last couple of years here. Uh, but I would love to uh, love to have you guys participate and be part of the Common Sense Corps. That's what we call our group. It's, it's, it's the cool kids club. Go on out to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on Join the Corps if you would like to be part of that and hang out with me and Timothy and all the cool kids out there on the Common, uh, common Sense Corps page. All right. Here's what we got going on. Phone calls. Let's jump over to it here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, hi. This is uh, Tim from Homer. Hello, Tim. And hello, hey. Uh, yeah, um, I know you're talking about the school systems. And one thing that I uh, think is kind of weird is how they um, build all these schools with flat roofs. <laughs> Here in Alaska, I don't understand why they do that. I mean, they got to be replaced every couple years, and it's millions of dollars. You'd think that they'd put pitched roofs on these uh, schools, especially here in Alaska. And another thing I was wondering or thinking about, too, you know how they have the ranked choice voting stuff. And right. I'm wondering if the way they got that stuff to be put through is, um, you know, people signing these uh, petitions, you know, you got, you know, how you have people standing out front of grocery stores and stuff. And I'm wondering if they got that passed and just, you know, not really telling people what exactly they're signing, you know, getting people to sign stuff and not actually telling them what is, uh, what they're signing, you know. And, and anyway, I just well, want to call are, in and yeah. well, wait a second, Tim. What are they signing? I oh, mean, I guess I don't understand what you're saying with that. I mean, you that they're, they're signing what kind of agreement? Uh, you know how um, down here there's been people. I mean, here in a year or two ago, there's people, uh, you know, getting people to sign petitions. Sure. And I noticed that there was one there was one guy that was out and he was saying um, that. Uh, you know, to get people to be able to um, get an office that aren't uh, big campaign people. Right. To make it fair so people can get on the ballot that aren't big, you know, campaign people. And I wonder if that is uh, just a way, you know, not actually explaining that that's just uh, maybe ranked choice voting. You know what I mean? Well, I, he, I don't know. he may, maybe, thought. you know, he may have been describing ranked choice voting. Maybe that's one way to describe it. But, you know, political candidates, if they if they are not a member of a political party, they did have to go out and get signatures. If they weren't part of some party, they did have to get signatures to get on the ballot. So it may have been something as simple as that. I mean, it may have been his way of explaining ranked choice voting. Yeah. But I think because that was... Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering. Well, the vote was last year, and they already had the petition in hand early last year. So if he was, if he was out there last year... That was already on the ballot, so he wouldn't have been collecting signatures for that. I'm assuming it would have been for a candidate. Okay, yeah, maybe it was. It was uh, maybe before last year. But I was just thinking, what if people could, you know, maybe they could be getting signatures and not really totally explaining. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure after, that happens. You know, and getting, you know, and that that makes me think. I, you know, I wouldn't want to be signing things because you could, you could actually be signing up for something that, and they're not explaining well, the. That's why I, I, that's why I would never trust anybody, Tim, who just said, this is what it is, please sign. I would read it. 
I mean, they have to have a copy of what you're signing right there in front of you. So you're right. He could have been, but then people would have to read it to understand it. Um, and so that's on them. If they signed without reading what they were exactly what they were agreeing to, you you can't fix that kind of stupid. It is what it is. But uh, it, you you very you very well could be right. Yeah, that'd be a bummer if they just had that, what you're reading, and then there's other stuff that's involved, like ranked choice voting, and you sign up for it even though it's not on what you read. But, I mean, that would kind of be that'd be a bad deal. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to – oh, and then the school the, – the flat roof deal, I think that's really weird how they do that. Oh, up yeah. I've never understood you know, that. These, I've never understood – be... I've never understood yeah, why we're building here, buildings. Yeah, they got to be replaced every five years. You know, they got to rip it down, rip it off, and and yeah. redo it every five years. I know it's yeah. down here anyway, and it seems like there's a lot of flat roofs everywhere. You know, somebody's making them millions of dollars <laughs> every five years. Maybe you know what, I mean? you, know what you know what they call that? You know, you know what they call that, Tim? They call that job security. I think that's what they call that. Some engineer said, let's put this flat roof. I don't know if that's what they really do, but it seems that way. I'm agreeing with you on that. All right. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. Folks, we are out of time. Brad Keithley, Chris Story, tomorrow. Be kind to one another, will you? Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, well, man, that was a barn burner. Did not expect to uh, get quite so wound up, but, you know, I guess sometimes if you can't motivate, you irritate. That's what I'm here to do, irritate for you. Thank you for coming in and joining us. I really appreciate each and every one of you coming in every morning. If you would, a cup of coffee's worth, right? The Common Sense Core, a cup of coffee's worth. Every month right here. Where is it? Right there. Right there. Just go out to patreon.com slash Michael Duke Show or go to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on join the core. You could help support us for as little as I think three bucks a month or four bucks a month, something like that. It's good stuff. My friends, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 